we but mirror the world. All the tendencies present in the outer world are to be found within us. If we change ourselves, the tendencies in the world will also change. This paraphrased quote from Mahatma Gandhi is the basis of the program you are about to hear. I'm Dedalian, and this is Shining Stars, a program dedicated to searching out and bringing attention to individuals and organizations that are fostering positive change within our community and within our world. Thanks so much for taking your time out of uh, your day uh, to join me here on Shining Stars. A home, that is uh, something that many of us take for granted. But what happens when you find yourself in a situation where you're displaced or no longer have some place to call home? Where do you go? This is a challenge that refugees, asylees, migrants, and even many of our own U.S. citizens face every single day. Here in Lansing, the Umoja House is a nonprofit that has made it a goal to create a welcoming and safe place for these types of people. Individuals who are fleeing violence and persecution, or at the very least, need a temporary place to call home. To talk a little bit more about that, I'm pleased to welcome into the studio today the co-founder of the Umoja House, that is Dr. Charla Burnett. Welcome to the show. Thank you very much. So glad you could come in and uh, talk a little bit about this. I ended up running across a story in the Lansing State Journal. I'd heard about it other times uh, while talking to other individuals, uh, but some people probably are not familiar with it yet. So let's start by taking a moment to explain to anyone not familiar with the Emoja House what it is and how it came to be. Yeah, um, the Emoja House is a transitional home for all kinds of migrants, whether it be refugees and asylees coming internationally or for those internally displaced here in Lansing. Um, and essentially what we do is a non-equity mutual aid model ran like a hostel. Those who can pay, pay what they can. There's no leasing agreement, no down payment, no hidden fees. Um, and then anything over the utilities, the mortgage, and having a cleaner come clean the common areas goes back into a pool where anybody can apply first come, first serve to have reduced or free stays with us. Okay. It's an interesting concept. Uh, how did it kind of develop? I did it. Was it just a natural inclination, something that you came up with? What What's the story behind that? Um, well, when I was um, 19, uh, actually going to school here at LCC, I was supposed to go on a field trip to France. I had been studying French for about five years. Okay. Um, and my professor had a heart attack. Oh, wow. Um, and couldn't take us. And so the trip was canceled. Oof. And I visited him in the hospital and he uh, encouraged me to go on my own. So I went to France at 19 by myself, uh, first person in my family to leave the country in, in hundreds of years. And um, I stayed in a hostel and I, I stayed in a room with four other girls, but there were also mixed um, dorms. And I was taken back about how easy it was just to go in and stay for 15, 20 euros, um, much cheaper than any of the hotels that I had looked at. Mm -hmm. um, but also in the level of trust and reciprocity that these people felt for one another, something that I found very lacking in my home community. It's very cool that you were a LCC student. Can you like expand on that a little bit? Did you, did you find it to be a positive experience here at LCC? It was a very positive experience for me. Um, I didn't get into Michigan State the first year that I applied. Um, mm -hmm. And I 
knew that I needed to go to college so that I could change my own social economic status. Um, and I was taken back by how tentative the professors were here, particularly to help me uh, navigate just trying to apply for funding to get into college and choosing my classes um, all the way to, you know, meeting me to tutor me in writing. Um, okay. You know, just just really it was a different experience than I've had at other universities. That's awesome to hear. And it's awesome that you had that experience, especially early on. Um, we're very big on calling it a culture of care around here. And it seems like that's existed for quite a while. Uh, and it's great that, that that not only were you an LCC graduate, you went to MSU, and then you turned around and did something like this with the Emoja House. Now, is this pretty much what you envisioned originally? Um, no, actually. Um, growing up pretty poor in Lansing, I kind of was jaded by my experience here, and I mm -hmm. didn't really want to move back to the United States. Mm. Um, prior to returning to Lansing, um, and, and coming back to the U.S. for my Ph.D., I was living um, in West Africa and then in the Middle East working in refugee camps. Uh, and I had focused on and trying to find a career where I could spend most of my life doing that. Um, in 2015, I was offered a full ride scholarship to do a Ph.D. at the University of Massachusetts in Boston. Um, mm -hmm. So I came home then. Um, and then I had um, some health issues that required me to make a decision about whether or not I wanted to have children. And so I decided to have my son and I decided to move home in 2019. Um, mm. And I found some of the same issues that I had growing up very prevalent here in the community, um, including just the lack of having any type of community, um, wow. which I had wanted for my son. And so this was one avenue in which I could guarantee that he would have the village um, that I wanted him to have when I was raising him. It's given him probably exposure to a lot of different cultures then. Yeah, definitely. So far, we've had um, eight different countries, people from eight different countries represented at Emoja House. That is very cool right there. Uh, if someone was listening and they wanted to explore whether the Emoja House is an option for them, where would they start doing that? How, what do they need to do? Yeah, so um, essentially you just go to our website, emoja.house, or you can call 517-667-8178 uh, to speak to somebody at our office. Um, and what we'll do is we'll help you figure out um, what spaces are currently available. We've actually been at 97% capacity since opening January wow. 1st. Um, so we are usually fully booked out in a month in advance. Um, and sometimes even our assistance um, is booked out for several months before. Um, so it's definitely important to get in contact with us uh, quickly if you're in need of assistance um, or if you're needing to stay. Just remember, it's probably going to be about three weeks to four weeks out. Okay. Uh, if you happen to be listening on the uh, radio, we will uh, recap that probably a little bit later on in the show. And of course, you can always uh, stop by lccconnect.org. And I will have a lot of that information up in the uh, show notes for the podcast portion. Uh, of course, our primary goal on this show is to highlight individuals and organizations creating positive change in the world. But I also like to explore the connections as to what motivates people to bring about that positive change. And one of the questions that I'm very famous for asking for, because I love it, is I like to hear people's different definitions of what the words positive change to means to them. And then if you can, kind of help me to understand how you feel Emoja House fits into your personal definition. Yeah, well, I think positive change, the meaning is very subjective. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and for me, I think it can be something as little as telling someone that their shirt is really nice on them today and watching them smile. And I think that's a lot of great positive change in someone's day to day life. Um, for me personally, positive change comes at addressing the systemic inequalities that have perpetuated uh, in the United States and abroad Certainly. Um, for a long time. And so I look at things from a very global um, or high up policy level change that needs to occur. But before that change can occur, you have to show policymakers that these ideas are realistic and can be implemented, which is why I set out with the Emoja House to show our current housing structure that there are alternative systems that work that do not need to be reliant on public, uh, local or federal funding to be able to exist and help people in a day to day. Currently, on average, it takes $80,000 a year to house a single homeless person. Mm. Um, and that's, that's substantial. You could buy somebody a house for $80,000 here in Lansing, right? Mm -hmm. And then they wouldn't have to worry about that housing issue. Right. So we really need to take a step back and look at who's profiting from the current system, um, and whether or not it's actually benefiting the people we set up to help. Okay. It sounds like a lot of your, uh, your travels abroad was kind of almost the catalyst for your, uh, your worldview. Uh, am, am I correct in saying that? Oh, definitely. Um, I mean, living in West Africa and Liberia specifically um, showed me kind of what slavery and how it impacted even Africa um, into present day, even though we don't have slavery. Um, essentially, a group of slaves and in the 1800s was sent back to Liberia and given a chunk of land there in which they and then enslaved the local population, which led to an uprising in almost a 40 year civil war that has just demolished their economy and their social structure. And yet, even in the face of such adversity, they um, continue to be there for one another. Mm -hmm. They continue to cling on to their cultural values. Another example is the work that I did in Palestine, um, where, again, it's another issue of um, a group of people who were persecuted, who then turned around and persecuted another population. And it's this cycle of violence that continues to allow for and justify in the minds of people to harm others. Um, and, and so for me, um, you know, Learning those types of lessons in real time and with people who are are there has given me a set of, I would say, like a wisdom um, that I wanted to bring home with me about what it means to stand up for something in political value um, and also how to manage conflict in a healthy way instead of a violent way. Very um, cool. Yeah. Okay. Emoja House. We I don't I don't think we've actually dove into it. In case somebody wants to know how to spell it, uh, it's uh, just a little bit unusual. It's a U M O J A. What is it from? Um, Emoja is unity in Swahili. Um, I worked with a Tanzanian uh, priest mm -hmm. uh, who I went to school with at the School of International Training in in Brattleboro, Vermont, and we worked together to help um, raise funding after a girls' dormitory burnt down. And uh, when I was thinking about the idea for the house, I kind of pitched it to Facebook and I let other people decide the name. Uh, mm -hmm. And that was something that he had uh, suggested to me. And I, I thought it would be good. 
Um, there are other emoji houses across the nation for various purposes, um, but more particularly to house people who have been historically marginalized or uh, not allowed to participate in policy, particularly among the black community in the United States. Okay. And I wanted this to be a safe place for non-white um, individuals and for L the LGBTQ community, mm -hmm. um, as they don't often have very many safe places. A lot of the shelters here in Lansing, religious shelters, require them to attend Bible study or even conversion therapy to receive shelter. Um, and and to me, that uh, does not constitute a safe space. Um, so this is a place for them. Okay, very good. Uh, would you consider this to be a successful venture so far? And where do you anticipate that uh, you'll be going from here with the uh, Yamoja House? Yeah, so um, essentially this was an idea that I had for a couple of years, but without um, the financial capital to invest. And mm -hmm. so it took me some time to save up the money and then to also find additional investors. Um, but we didn't get the green light to go until September of last year. And we didn't open our doors until January 1st. Um, and so essentially the first year is a pilot model. Mm -hmm. um, it's conducting a lot of uh, research and evaluating whether or not um, we've been successful. We measure success as uh, the number of individuals we've uh, helped to find permanent housing. Okay. Um, residents can stay up to 12 months, but our average amount for our assistance um, program has only been two months. Um, and so we're trying to see how many we can fit into our current budget. Um, and then we'll be able to go from there as to really whether or not we can scale and if this is feasible. Very good. Uh, I'm glad that it's been going as well as it has. Uh, you kind of mentioned it in the beginning, trying to gain the original capital, everything that you needed to get everything started. But as with any nonprofit, part of Emoja's support system is through generosity of those who are willing to give. Can you give listeners an idea of how they could uh, be a supporter, if you will? Yeah, so um, financial support is probably the best way you can help individuals here in Lansing uh, have housing. We have, you know, consumers energy and BWL bills mm -hmm. to pay. So mm -hmm. that helps uh, in the assistance to do that. Um, and then essentially, we also have... Um, computers in each of the houses that anyone in the public can use. We have first free space for the public to use. Mm. Um, so you can come and hold events there and bring awareness to the issues around housing and migration, um, particularly around the need for safe migration. Mm -hmm. um, and then also we usually have specific drives around like detergent, um, food, like non-perishable goods, sheets and uh, towels are also another big thing that we are often looking for. Um, so, you know, just following us on our social media, we have Instagram and Facebook, which is just emoja.house. Um, and then you can follow all of our events there as well. Very cool. That is, again, Emoja House. And uh, go ahead and recap that uh, website address for us one more time, would you? Yeah, it's emoja.house. Okay. And the phone number, again, we will well, go ahead and say it just real quick. 517-667-8178. And then, again, I'll have that up on lccconnect.org. You can stop by the uh, website platform page or the uh, podcast platform page, rather. And in the show notes, I'll have uh, details for anybody who wants that. Well, I want to th say thank you very much for coming in. Uh, before we wrap things up, I've got my last and final question. 
again, this is uh, Dr. Dr. Charla Burnett from the Emoja House. And my final question that I ask of all my guests, if you had the ability to snap your fingers and put one thought into the collective consciousness of the entire human race at the same time, what would that thought be? That there's no such thing as illegal migration and that migration is a natural um, human pathway to success and inhibiting anyone from migrating uh, is, is harm. It's harmful and it's violent. All right. Very much on the human rights uh, side, which is kind of where I expected you to lay. <laughs> yeah. Thanks again for coming in, Dr. Burnett. No problem. Thank you. Remember, we can all contribute something good to this world, no matter how big or small. A simple smile, a friendly gesture, that's all it takes to expand the power of positivity one inch further. I encourage you to find your shining star within by being the change you want to see. Thanks so much for listening to Shining Stars and, of course, sharing your time with me today. I'm Dedalian, and you can listen to this episode of Shining Stars On Demand along with other LCC Connect programs at lccconnect.org. Thank you.